Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. About to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is the Rob Carson Show. And this is our number two of the Rob Carson Show. Can you believe it's a week away from Christmas? We're a week away from Christmas. Seven, seventh day of Christmas. So it's eight maids of milking, seven swans of swimming. Which, wow, who'd really want that? Unless you live on a farm, I guess. Anyway, welcome to it. Here's a number, uh, 800-922-6680. Uh, a lot of things happening today as I open the show. You, uh, Joe Biden's motorcade was hit by a drunk driver, uh, presumably someone who'd been uh, driven and drank by Joe Biden's poor economic and uh, policy choices. <laughs> Just threw that in there. And then a, an aide to uh, Ben Cardin was rear-ended in a Senate office room or a Senate hearing room. So uh, two accidents happened over the weekend. Uh, lots more <laughs> Much more coming up, including uh, Donald Trump got a rock star treatment at a UFC event over the weekend. I'm sure if uh, Nikki Haley did one, she'd get the same response. I think mostly because Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, has now uh, uh, officially endorsed her. So just watch that that campaign take off because nobody's ever heard of Chris Sununu outside of uh, uh, New Hampshire. And God bless New Hampshire. I love it. Jack Heath, boom. Benny Media, boom. Uh, Trump was there this weekend. Rock star treatment in New Hampshire as well. I don't think Chris Christie's getting that kind of uh, response in New Hampshire. I could be wrong. No, I'm not wrong. Anyway, uh, we got stuff to get to, including uh, that that rock star treatment. Um, This was kind of funny. Revealed the fattest uh, famous Santa. So uh, people, I guess, uh, apparently are concerned and panicked that uh, Santa is fat, but they think Lizzo is beautiful and healthy. Right? Isn't that where you got the anti-obesity people? They only go after uh, obesity when it involves someone or something they hate. (laughs) Otherwise, it's beautiful. (laughs) It is beautiful, yeah. Uh, Santa Claus uh, may have gorged himself on a few too many mince pies. Who still eats mince pies? It's bizarre. Uh, Okay. Ten of the most popular Christmas movies show that 90% of the Santas are uh, dangerously overweight, with the exception of uh, uh, the Santa in Nightmare Before... No, no, the Santa in Nightmare Before Christmas was the largest of them all. Yeah. So he was about 5'5", about 300 pounds, but his body was made of worms and insects. That was kind of different there. And, uh, and his body mass index is about 49.9%, just shy of Stacey Abrams. <clears throat> a healthy BMI is 18 to 25. 
Those tipping between 25 and 29 are overweight. 30 to 39 are obese. 40 and above are severely obese. Uh, you know, that's Chris Christian. And it is. Being too large, you know, a bunch of health problems, uh, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, strokes, and all that stuff. Uh, I had uh, neuropathy in my feet because I weighed 286 pounds, and it went away when I lost a bunch of weight. Uh, anyway, so uh, for, for uh, um, nine of the ten most famous Santas analyzed, uh, according to online doctor Zava, uh, the snowman in uh, the 1982 animated Christmas film Elf with uh, was uh, was up there, about a 45. That was Ed... Uh, the actor, Ed, uh, used to play Mary Tyler Moore, Moore Show, drawn a blank. Um, Fred Claus uh, with uh, Paul Giamatti was 44%. Uh, the original Coca-Cola Santa was 5'10", about 300 pounds, 43 BMI. Uh, let me see here. Um, at 5'6", and uh, 176, the Santa in the original Miracle on 34th Street was the most healthy. There you are. Or you could just say, ah, you know, uh, Santa's just going to be a fat guy, and you know what? Who cares? I mean, if you think Lizzo's hot, then why can't Santa, you know, why do you have to go pick on Santa? Oh, and then there's this. Christians significantly, more than likely, donate to charities than non-Christians. I would venture to say also Democrats rarely give to charity like uh, like conservatives do and like Christians do, and Christian conservatives particularly, because, you know, it's important to us, you see. Uh, this is according to the American, uh, let me see, the American Bible Society. Well, yeah, they might be a little skewed. Uh, State of the Bible, 2023, Christians are more uh, likely to give to charity, 95% than the non-practicing Christians, 68, or non-Christians, 51. There is that. Uh, Christians merely, nearly twice as likely to give to charity, and they give much more to uh, greater amounts. And I was thinking about this this weekend about uh, about Scrooge, about Ebenezer Scrooge. And, and there's been some debate, you know, about where his political leanings were. And I put together a list here of, uh, of reasons why I know, and this is only a partial, this is just what I did right before the show. Uh, this is a partial list of why I know that uh, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge was a liberal. Here are the, uh, the things that make him liberal. Uh, he believed in government institutions, didn't give to the poor. He said, you know, he said, uh, are there no charities? Are there no workhouses? You know, there. Uh, didn't give to charity. Despised fossil fuels. You know, literally. He would put one lump of coal in the, the uh, little fireplace there in uh, Scrooge and Marley. And uh, whenever Bob Cratchit complained about it, he'd say, no. And then he went home and made a little tiny fire in his house as he had his gruel, probably a vegan, probably because it was porridge. He's probably a vegan. That makes him a leftist. <clears throat> probably on the back of his carriage that has a coexist bumper sticker. Anyway, uh, he didn't care if people starved in flyover country. All right, you know, so when he had his his corn that he that he had in the market and he waited the next day and he and he demanded more money for it, he didn't care about people starving in flyover country. And then then he asked that uh, they sell all the the farmland to the Chinese. I think that was also part of it. It was in the the book. They had to edit some of this stuff out for the movie. Um, <clears throat> he uh, estranged his loving family because they didn't believe what he believed. Yeah. Kind of interesting. I've had a lot of my uh, my my family members and friends because I'm a Trump supporter. They suddenly decided not to have anything to do with me. It's kind of weird. Uh, his nephew uses the word God, as in God blesses everyone, and Scrooge says humbug. So clearly he's an atheist, more likely to be a liberal there. Uh, he dismissed supernatural events such as the afterlife as a stomach disorder. 
So the belief that he would live on after death, he said, uh, you know, that I'm seeing ghosts. It's, it's, a, it's a blot of mustard, a bit of underdone potato. So there's that. Another reason why I know that Scrooge was a liberal, he saw the celebration of Christmas as an orgy of spending, and uh, that was about it. Kind of like um, Jill Biden's uh, dystopic um, uh, Hunger Games uh, Christmas display in the White House that had no Santa Claus. It had no mention of any uh, Christ-like figure or the fact that the holiday is built around the birth of Christ. So there's that. Uh, Let's see. He wanted others to live like he did. Sad, alone, and living on subsistence. That's why they want you to not eat beef and drive a crappy electric car and not have an electric stove. It's really about spreading their misery because that's what liberals do. And then he wanted others to be unhappy and became even more unhappy when he saw people celebrating and spending. There you go, you know, and, uh, you know, probably would have been down with, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, people who were, uh, you know, whatever, marginalized, just breaking into stores and stealing everything. It's perfectly fine. And then, of course, he paid Bob Cratchit minimum wage while making himself rich. So I think all of those things uh, make him a liberal. And I'm going to stick by that, too. And I also think that um, that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And who is in the building? President and CEO Dana White, and they are all rising inside T-Mobile Arena to pay... Now, this is like every other election year. ...their respects to the former leader of these United States... Right, it's just like, it's exactly like 2012 and 2008. America, Donald Trump is a massive UFC fan. GLP is just waiting for the next John McCain moment. ...watching our fight nights at home, but he has been omnipresent at our live events this year, and he is out to support... Yeah, as he made his grand uh, appearance, uh, Kid Rock's American Badass was playing. That happens a lot. The Chris Christie rallies are the same way, except for it's only like eight people and they're not playing any music. (laughs) So this is a Vegas crowd he was at, and of course the uh, crowd went nuts because, you know, uh, Donald Trump is not only a political movement and a folk hero, but he also is uh, the return of masculinity. That's kind of that's kind of part of it. Too. <laughs> there, there's part of it. Uh, the latest uh, polling. This is according, I guess, to Fox. Fox. Their polling shows that uh, Trump, uh, with a widening lead and an interesting note on voters' second choice. So uh, Trump's uh, support stands at seventy percent in the primary race, up seven points since uh, November, and uh, fully twenty-six points since February. Ron DeSantis, twelve percent. Nikki Haley, 9%. Vivek Ramaswamy, 5%. Chris Christie, 2 Asa Hutchinson, uh, 1 There's no, Really, it's family members for him, right? It's, it's family members. DeSantis and former uh, South Carolina governor and U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley have remained within a couple percentage of points uh, of each other overall. Uh, and uh, the, the second choice of, uh, of Trump supporters which doesn't mean they'd vote for them. It just means they'd be their second choice is uh, DeSantis, then Ramaswamy, then Haley. What the what? What the hell is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, so 69% uh, support up from 7 in November is apparently that. Here is uh, Donald Trump this weekend on Newsmax talking about uh, how America isn't great anymore, and the American people get that. If they attack free speech, we're going to take away their tax advantages and grants. 
We're going to take away their endowments, and they will pay us billions and billions of dollars for the terror they have unleashed into our once great country. Yeah, this is retribution. And by the way, yeah. it's not a great country anymore. It's a total mess. Our country is not a great country anymore. Our country is a mess. You remember CAG? Keep America great. I couldn't use it. I said, America's not great now. I wanted to say, keep America great. So we went back to MAGA, make America great again. I don't know. Keg sounds pretty good right about now. I don't drink anymore, but you know. <laughs> Here is the uh, the president, Donald Trump, talking about the what, what he considers and most people now consider, if you look at the polling, uh, Joe Biden to be the most incompetent in all, of all time. Joe Biden is a low IQ individual. He is truly the worst, most incompetent and most corrupt president in the history of our country. And it's fairly obvious, and we've got an impeachment inquiry, and the only people who are denying that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are corrupt are, you know, the usual suspects, MSNBC, Joe Scarborough, etc. And people aren't buying it. 73% of the American people believe that the Bidens are corrupt. That's just it. They don't trust them because the evidence and stuff. Uh, this is, uh, oh, this is, this is the money uh, shot of the weekend. Uh, Donald Trump is being called a Nazi. He, he, they're, they're saying that Donald Trump has paraphrased Hitler by telling uh, rallies that migrants are poisoning the blood of the country. Okay, so he, they're saying literally that despite that Joe Biden is using all sorts of Hitlerian tactics, like, uh, well, summer of 2020, uh, that's kind of a Kristallnacht, uh, yeah, January the 6th, Reichstag, they open up the Capitol, there's no violence, we see the videotape now, 200 FBI agents in there, you know, you, and then all the censorship and stuff. See, so all the stuff that's Hitlerian is already occurring and is continuing to occur, but they're saying that uh, Donald Trump is Hitler for saying this. Country, when they do that, we got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions yeah. and prisons all over the world. Not just they are doing that. Venezuela emptying out their prisons and mental institutions. South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world, they're coming into our country from africa from asia all over the world they're pouring into our country nobody's even looking at them and so they're calling trump hitler because he said that they were poisoning the blood of the country another none of his policies are hitlerian like donald like uh, joe biden's but but he's hitler here is uh this is a Kristen welker trying to get uh lindsey graham cornered on this and lindsey graham laughed it off 76 percent of the american people not donald trump believe the border is broken they're worried about fentanyl coming over, killing their but kids. But what about his language, Senator? Well, but, Just that language, that poisoning the blood. You know, I, Please. I'm worried about an outcome. Please. He is right. To want, he had the border secured, the lowest in 40 years in December of 2020. To the Biden administration, you're talking about Donald Trump's language, as you said on the sidelines, <laughs> and allowed the country to be invaded. 172 people on the terrorist watch list have come on your watch. Fentanyl is killing Senator, more Americans Senator, than any time in history. Senator, just on the language, just on the language, though, I want to get your response. You have endorsed former President Trump. Are yeah. you comfortable with him using words like that? You know... We're talking about language. I could care less what language people use as long as we get it right. There you go. There you go. But that's what they did. They tried. They looked for a trigger. They looked for like, uh, you know, the, the trigger that uh, the left used, which was the faux bombing of a hospital in Gaza to ignite anti-Semitism. And what I said was a uh, was a completely uh, inorganic movement. They're trying the same thing 
to label Trump and his followers as Hitler. Nice try. It didn't work. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. I mean, the fact is, if you watch that speech last night where he says that immigrants from Asia, Africa and South America yeah. are poisoning the blood of America. I don't know how you could take someone like that and say that they're fit to be president of the United States. Well, I don't think you're fit to uh, do anything, including, I don't know, walk around the block. But that's Chris Christie, because Chris Christie is uh, is not an honest person. And basically, he uh, he goes where the wind tells him to or the polling tells him to. And when he uh, gets drummed out of this race, which he uh, is in because he wants to defeat Donald Trump, he'll just go back to CNN or MSNBC or whatever. And he could take this song with him, too. It's Jim Gossett. Have yourself a Christy little Christmas. Christy. Show honesty you lack. He got some pipes, doesn't he? Never miss a chance to stab Trump in the back. Feel it. Come on. Chris Christie is a hypocrite. He's so full of it. Not the word I would have used. No doubt. Polling underneath 5%. Well, won't be president. It's the only thing you'd want underneath. He should drop out. Chris Christie, because he could get ugly. Woo. Chris Christie is nothing but a blowhard and quite overweight. That's insensitive. Chris thinks Jersey is the Olive Garden State. His favorite state is Jersey Mike's. It's clear to see that Chris has got lots on. Ah, <laughs> oh, whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> investors are warning the uh, U.S. is getting ready to enter the greatest real estate correction in my lifetime. Uh, Grant Cardone is a, a private equity fund manager. It doesn't surprise me. One of the uh, the awful things that we're having to deal with this Christmas season is selling my wife's mother's home, and we're debating, you know, how we're going to do it because we have a nagging feeling that the real estate market is going to collapse. It's just a feeling. We've seen it. We lost, you know, we had to short sell our house in D.C. because of the, the real estate collapse of 2008. It was a, it was a disaster. So if you're, if you're relying on a home to get you to retirement, you might want to kind of, I don't know, uh, expand your portfolio and maybe consider precious metals. That's why I choose Swiss America, a uh, AAA rating from the Better Business Bureau. They got a new report. It's called The Secret War on Cash. Talks about the digitization of the uh, currency that the uh, the White House wants to do. All of the bank closings. Uh, we had our Commerce Bank close. I got to drive five miles to the bank now. There's there's reasons those things are happening, but you might want to investigate precious metals just in case everything goes south. Here's the number: eight hundred two eight nine twenty six forty six eight hundred two eight nine twenty six forty six. That's the number if you want to learn about and get the secret war on cash. Or you can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. That is SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. Message and data rates apply.
We are nervous about it. Uh, if we're going to sell, we, we want to sell now. Otherwise, we have a feeling that we'll be sitting on the house for a long time. Just, you know, when you've been on the planet for a while, you, you figure these things out. Coming up, uh, we've got a Republican who's going to run, is running for the uh, mayor of the city of Baltimore. Now, uh, Baltimore has, uh, is kind of like Chicago. They keep uh, electing idiots. And the latest idiot that they put in charge of Baltimore is an even bigger idiot than the one before. The same way with Chicago, by the way. So we're going to talk to uh, Donald Scoggins in a moment to talk about how what he wants to do. He's a decorated Vietnam War veteran. He is a person of color, and, uh, and he knows what's wrong with Baltimore, and that is being run by Democrats for the last 60 or 70 years. That's essentially it. So that's on the way. Also, uh, we've got some more uh, news on Biden corruption. Uh, Bill Maher, uh, once again, a beacon of common sense about Israel. That's all coming up in this is The Rob Carson Show. I think there's a great awakening in this country. And it's not just uh, Americans realizing how corrupt this government is, this deep state is. We're realizing the abuses and usurpations we've been subjected to over the years. We know that there's a cabal in Washington, D.C. that go there to spend their entire lives telling us how to live ours. But more importantly, people of color are beginning to realize that the Democrat Party doesn't give, well, they've always known that they don't give crap about uh, Republicans and people in places like uh, East Palestine, Ohio. But now black voters are realizing the Democrat Party is just using them and not doing anything to make the situation better, as exemplified in cities like Baltimore, uh, in New York City, in Chicago, that are being overrun by illegals, given five-star hotel rooms and free cell phones and gift cards, while poor people are being moved aside because essentially Democrats see a whole new round of Democrat voters. See, you know, that's part of it. That's part of it, but it's not a big surprise. But hopefully this is beginning to turn around. A gentleman named Donald Scoggins, he is a, an affordable housing consultant, a decorated Vietnam War veteran, and are you ready? Sit down. A Republican candidate for the mayor of Baltimore joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Welcome to the show, my friend, and a Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah to you. Thank you very much, and I'm very pleased to be on your show. So let's talk about Baltimore. Um, what is going on in Baltimore? We had a bad mayor. Now you've got an even worse mayor. The schools are underperforming. Kids are literally going down to squeegee windshields because they can't uh, get a job because they don't know how to read when they graduate from, uh, from school. What is going on in Baltimore, and what do you plan to do to fix it, my friend? Well, when you say what's going on in Baltimore, maybe I should say nothing is going on in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're right. You're right. You really look at it. I think yeah. that um, what really needs to be done to get right down to it is that the citizens of Baltimore need to be better informed. And I think that when you mentioned how poorly things are being run in Baltimore, I hate to say this, but a lot of that is also the the press is complicit also because the press mainstream press does not give uh credence or attention to individuals who would probably want to provide another view i i I'm the kind of person that even if I don't agree with something, I at least want to know about it 
And I think that in Baltimore, all too often, uh, individuals are they haven't been they haven't been given the um, opportunity to listen to other other points of view. Now, getting to your original question about what is going on in Baltimore, I uh, hate to say this, but what's going on in Baltimore starts with the uh, with the C word, if you know what I mean. I'm not sure, actually, and I'm kind of afraid to go there. Okay, you okay? I won't. I won't. I won't. I'll just say Baltimore. <laughs> the institutions in Baltimore are very flawed. Maybe that's the best way of putting it. And and quite frankly, it's not just in Baltimore. Many things cannot be done in Baltimore or are done in Baltimore because of the General Assembly. The General Assembly has has uh, has had, has had their foot on the necks of many uh, of the public officials in Baltimore, and I would. I blame many of them, pub, local public officials, for not calling that out. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 Maryland General Asylum is what you know most people call it. I lived in uh, I lived in Montgomery County, which is, I mean, uh, it might as well be uh, Stalingrad for crying out loud. Just a, a left of left of left of center area, uh, and and I got out of there. The only reason why Maryland's economy continues to be strong is because of Washington D.C. and right. and how many jobs are created in Washington D.C. and around uh, and around Washington D.C. But the America, Maryland General As- Asylum, uh, they are bananas crazy left that uh, you know they've made uh, uh, Maryland into essentially uh, an at-will abortion state among other things and and those uh, those policies uh, you know obviously uh, rain down on on municipalities like Baltimore but also uh, let me ask you this uh, Donald Scoggins what about the societal issues what about the breakdown of the family what about what about all of that because honestly that's 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 massive well what would you you know what you are absolutely correct, and when you look back on it, the breakdown of the family started in haste around 60, 55, or 60-some years ago during Jim, yep. uh, uh, President Johnson's uh, Great Society program. Great Society. They, they Great Society. chased a man out of the house just so a woman can get maybe two or $300 a month, yes. and, uh, and they ruined the black family. They chased a man out of the house, and they came up with these government-type very much entry-level jobs that were easier for women to get. When government was opening up to the black community, they were entry-level clerical jobs, which the women got, which was very good. But what about the men? The men didn't have those opportunities, so how were they going to get, where were they going to uh, provide to make for their family? So essentially, the, the men were many times forced to go into a... Um, situations leading to crime and where do they go they go into the prisons and who creates and who builds the prison you know everything i hate to say this but just about everything in the black community has been done in terms of increasing the size of government and the democratic party you know uh, not all not all people are, are that way but essentially when you think about it the democratic party needs to have a constituency that needs them, yes. and yes. and over the years they've inculcated or or they've created a culture within the by and large, not all, not all, not all, but by and large within the black community that you have such a large uh, dependent class. And yep. and what d- disturbs me is that we have essentially become a permanent underclass. Yes, 
and the school system doesn't help it any. For about 20, I would say 15, 20 years, I've been hearing about, well, we need to bring the trades into school. We need to bring the trades into school. And then you get slapped up with the, with the teachers' union that are just interested in the teachers' benefits. They're not interested in the students. And and it's really sad, and we've heard this time and time again. I started in radio uh, about 1989 uh, commercially, so 34 years in radio, and I always hear the same thing. They're going to fix the schools. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to do this, and they use black voters and other people of color and other groups that uh, usually find an affinity with the Democrat Party. They use them until Election Day, and the very next day, they get up, leave some money on the dresser, and leave. I've used that analogy for years now. That's the way the Democrat Party is. They promise everything's going to get fixed. It never gets fixed because they don't want it fixed, Donald Scoggins. They we, don't and, want it fixed. And the, and the only answer to getting it fixed is that we need more money. We need more yes. money. We need more money. And and what does it do to the tax base? Those who can leave these jurisdictions where they're raising the where, where they're raising taxes through the roof, they leave. And then you don't have then it starves the tax base. And then you don't have money to deal with basic services. And now what, you, you, and what kind of, what kind of annoys me is the fact that after 50, 60 some years of this, many people in my own community don't seem to realize that, you know. Do you think that they're beginning to, though? Do you think that uh, the uh, uh, black America is waking up? Um, I, I have a feeling, I, I, I am getting the feeling that they are in a lot of places because of years of abuse by the Democrat Party. Do you, I mean, it's not going to be, you know, a, a wholesale come to Jesus moment, but it, it looks like there is a quiet revolution, particularly with black men, yeah, because yeah. black black men are, are sick and damn tired of, of being portrayed as this and this and this. Right, and, and there's right, a desire right. to be strong men of character and, and sure. good fathers. And, and that's what that's what they want, because all of this other stuff is empty. All of yeah, this other I, I think empty. you're absolutely correct. And I've talked to many, many people, of course, black men, too. And they feel being left behind because, I mean, I hate to say this, but I'll just go ahead and say it. The liberal media and this and everything is women, this women, that this, that. And the other. You know, and no disrespect to the women, because, they, you know, all everybody needs some assistance. But it's almost like they just push the black man to the side and, and it's uh, and they get. They get they get uh, ruined if, with the uh, child support system. You know, the men. If you're out of the job and you can't afford to pay child support, then what are you going to do? You know, they still they garnish your weight, whatever you can get. So, it's, it's and I think that the many, not just black men, but even black women, I think they're beginning to see that the system has not helped when it comes to family um, uh, strengthening the strengthen the black family and and i really take my hats off to the single women who've been able to um uh struggle through and try to hold everything together through all this but we need to make a change and what i'm finding they may not be able to articulate it um that well but many young people are beginning to see the light i and hope they so feel that we've been too uh beholden to as they say, he who has the gold makes the rules, you know, and who makes and who's been making the making the goals. I've been in government long enough. I was in government long enough to see how government does. Whenever anything anything that involves the um, impoverished or the black community and it's done through government, you get a associated large bureaucracy, you know, and and it's not 
necessarily yes. helping the people, but it's helping the bureaucracy. You know, you get the big office buildings, and you get the then you get the directors and the deputy, the deputy, the deputy directors, and the this and the that. And it's billions, it's billions of dollars, and then they say, well, you know, we put billions of dollars into the into helping social programs. But where does the billions of dollars go? Maybe ten percent of it goes into helping the people, and then the rest of it goes to you know, <laughs> goes to the administrators. 100%. And, and 100%. For the infrastructure, huh? Yeah, 100%. That's exactly how it works. Well, uh, Donalds, uh, I appreciate you uh, joining me today. I want to have you on again as as the race uh, progresses here, but you are running for uh, the mayor of Baltimore. Uh, hopefully you can turn around this uh, this chain of just destruction that's happened in so many cities that have been run by Democrats, like Chicago. They literally put Brandon Johnson, who's worse than uh, than the previous uh, mayor. You've got, uh, you've got Eric Adams in uh, New York City. City, uh, he's he's uh, doing a face plant. Well, hopefully you'll be able to turn it around because Baltimore well, is I a glorious town. Before, yes, of course, one, of course, of course. One thing before I leave, I just want to say this: as long as there's money in the in being impoverished, we're going to have these problems. You know, we've created a pop. We have a poverty industry, and the poverty industry are not those that are impoverished. That's all. I, that's all I have to say. You know. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have you on again. One other question: How about them Ravens? How are you feeling about their Super Bowl chances this year? Because i got to tell you, it looks like they seem to be peaking at the right time. Well, believe it or not, I'm not really a, a sports fan, but I guess I'll, right. I'll be, be one. I'm more concerned about <laughs> getting Baltimore on this track. Than, I got you. you. You're too busy focusing on saving Baltimore than to worry about the football team. Uh, Donald Scoggins, where can people find you on social media to help out your campaign? Well, they can go to my um, – we have a Facebook page called Donald Scoggins for Mayor, and people are, they can easily contact me through 443-993. I'm going to give, hold on, I can't give out the number, I don't want to give out the number, I don't want to give out the number on national radio. Uh, I will, I will get it, and I'll drive people to your Facebook page. My friend, thank you for joining me, I wish you the very best, and and I love the city of Baltimore. When I lived in D.C. for a dozen years, I always went to Baltimore for my baseball games and my football games, and the Inner Harbor, and Fort McHenry, and the food, and all of that, and I want to see Baltimore make a comeback, and I, and I hope you can do that. Thanks for joining me today, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. God bless you. Merry Christmas, my friend. There you go. There you go. Okay. So uh, let's move on. Let's move on. The next thing I want to talk about is what's going on in Israel with Hamas and uh, Bill Maher coming up after the break. But first this. Hamas is getting nothing for Christmas. No ceasefire. Germany suddenly mad. Hamas is getting nothing for Christmas. How about a couple drum strikes? Cause we ain't been nothing but bad. Pretty bad. About as bad as they could be. They cut off Gaza aid. Germany's mad at us. They had a two-state solution. They read all the threats we made. Germany's mad at us. And they screwed up. They just announced a funding freeze. Uh No longer will they appease. But we beg you, pretty please, don't pull the plug on us. Hamas is getting nothing for Christmas. Rashida Tlaib is distraught. 
hating her own country <laughs> is what Rashida has been taught. All right, so coming up, Bill Maher uh, has a come-to-Jesus moment. Literally, that's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. If he gets coal in his stocking, it goes straight on the barbecue. It's the Rob Carson Show. So uh, Harvard is saying to uh, Jewish students, you can put up a menorah, but put it down at night because you might get it uh, vandalized. A rabbi at Harvard, Hershey Zarki, explained in a video this week how administrators told him to hide the campus menorah each night over fear that it would be vandalized. We in the Jewish community are instructed, we'll have you, uh, you will let you have the menorah you made. Your point, okay, pack it up, don't leave it out overnight because there will be criminal activity we fear and it won't look good. Yeah, that's the way it is. That's that's the way it is. And uh, and at uh, University of Pennsylvania, some Jewish students had to hide in the library. The Harvard Corporation expressed its support for uh, President Claudine Gay, who uh, would not condemn uh, people calling for the uh, extermination of the Jews. Our extensive deliberations affirm our confidence that President Gay is the right leader to help our community heal and address the various serious societal issues we are now facing. Well, that didn't apparently work so well with uh, Harvard admissions. They're down 17%. Harvard admissions are dropping. Uh, Other colleges are benefiting from it, including Yale. Yeehaw. Oh, Yale, yes. Yeah, do that. Get get that Yale degree. That'll do the world the wonder for you. University of Pennsylvania has seen a few more applicants, apparently. So I say, you know what? Let uh, make, uh, make Harvard Bud Light, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, Bill Maher has had kind of a come-to-Jesus moment about uh, what's going on in Gaza, and he's uh, realized that maybe the Democrat Party has a problem with honesty. And he is looking and using, you know, something that, that I think will bring us together, the liberals and conservatives, which is common sense, right? Common sense. And loving America, right? We can agree on that, can't we? Liberals, not leftists. But here is uh, uh, Bill Maher talking about, for instance, uh, Bethlehem, which is in Palestinian territory. And finally, new rule. I know it's supposed to be that magical time of year, but maybe what we all really need right now is a good dose of realism. Oh, yeah. I see a lot of nativity scenes when I'm out, as you always do before Christmas, and I can't help thinking about where that manger really is. It's in the West Bank on Palestinian land controlled by the Palestinian Authority. In 1950, the little town of Bethlehem was 86% Christian. Weird. Now it's overwhelmingly Muslim. Mm-hmm. And that's my point tonight. Things change. To 2.3 billion Christians, there can be no more sacred site than where their savior was born. But they don't have it anymore. And yet no crusader army has geared up to take it back. Yeah, oddly enough, we haven't gone in and just raped a bunch of people and murdered them at a music festival. It's kind of weird. Uh, here is, uh, oh, oh, Bill Maher talking about all the deals that were offered to uh, the Palestinian people to share the area. There were deals on the table to share the land called Palestine in 1947. 93, 95, 98, 2000, 2008. And East Jerusalem could have been the capital of a Palestinian state that today might look more like Dubai than Gaza. Arafat was offered 95% of the West Bank and said, no. The Palestinian people should know your leaders and the useful idiots on college campuses who are their allies are not doing you any favors by keeping alive the river to the sea myth 
I mean, where do you think Israel is going? Spoiler alert, nowhere. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Here is uh, Bill Maher talking about the Jews being used to being kicked out. And no one knows more about being pushed off land than the Jews, including being almost wholly kicked out of every Arab country oh, they yeah, once Oh, yeah, there's lived that, in. yeah. Yes, TikTok fans, ethnic... <laughs> Ethnic cleansing happened both ways. Absolutely. And so uh, I don't believe there's a two-state solution because they had a chance to have a two-state solution. And they made their state into a state of, uh, of uh, hate and anti-Semitism. And Israel chose to make their territory into a jewel in the desert. So there's that. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right. So on the last hour of the show, Arlington Cemetery goes woke. I wish I were lying. Elise Stefanik goes after a Trump judge and military recruitment the lowest since 1941. Thank you, woke military generals. That's in the final hour. Don't go anywhere. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act... That sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is hour number three of the Rob Carson Show, one week from Christmas. The number is 800-922-6680, 800-922-6680. Uh, this uh, MRC study finds that NewsGuard continues its left-wing bias. Uh, NewsGuard is this organization that is government-funded that is going after uh, conservative uh, 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 content providers, content publishers, and I've been calling this for oh, 30 years of my career uh, conservative apartheid, and now we know it's actually true. So NewsGuard is this left-wing uh, media outlet that uh, basically tells um, all uh, advertisers don't go with conservative media because they spread misinformation and disinformation. But what they're trying to do is, uh, you know, shut down speech. So for the third year in a row, NewsGuard continues to uh, significantly outrank liberal and far-left news sites over conservative ones. And this is uh, not a big surprise. MRC is Brent Brozell's outfit, by the way. Uh, for instance, NewsGuard gave an average credibility rating of 91 out of 100 to the left and left-leaning publications like the New York Times, the Washington Post, Time, and Vox. It gave an average rating of 65 to right-leaning networks like Newsmax, oddly enough. Fox News, the New York Post, the Federalist, Breitbart, Daily Wire. Analysis called the scores for the right-wing organizations outrageously abysmal. It's not a surprise. 
Not a surprise. And by the way, even though outlets like the Washington Post, USA Today, and Politico were among the media outlets proven wrong with the Hunter Biden laptop story, NewsGuard left their ratings 100% perfect. You know why? Because it's a giant flaming uh, joke. And it's not funny because they're continuing to do it. The CEO of NewsGuard uh, went on CNBC just before the 2020 election to label the Hunter Biden laptop story as a Russian hoax. NewsGuard has claimed that it was not a vocal advocate in seeking to censor stories about the laptop. Bullcrap. But its top advisor, General Michael Hayden, was a prominent signatory to the, you know, that 51, uh, those 51 intel agents that lied and knew that Russian disinformation was a hoax, and Joe Biden used it in a debate against Donald Trump to deny the truth. Yeah. NewsGuard wields its ratings as a cudgel attempting to scare away advertisers from doing business with media and organizations that have been accused of promoting so-called misinformation. That's what I said, guys. I said, if the deep state, big social media, and the mainstream media says what you believe is misinformation, it means they know you know the truth. And now we know the government used talking points from Joseph Stalin, i.e. disinformation, to create a disinformation governance board of the DHS and then uh, create the Stanford Virality Project, the NewsGuard, to crush your thoughts. But we fought back, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did. So, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. And that's why Newsmax is launched. One of the reasons why Newsmax has our new streaming ser- service, if you want to be a Newsmax Plus member, because, you know, uh, these groups, they're the ones who are trying to drive conservative thought out of the out of the public, keep it off online, keep it from being able to, to uh, stay in business. I know as a conservative publisher, I've never been able to. I was demonetized immediately on YouTube, on Facebook, everything. I don't have a chance to monetize because I'm a conservative. That's just the way it is. So Newsmax created Newsmax Plus. Uh, take it for a test drive. <clears throat> Do the, uh, the trial, a free trial. Just go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's P-L-U-S. NewsmaxPlus.com. You got uh, streaming shows. You've got Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greta Von Sustering, Greg Kelly, me, moi. Thank you very much. And uh, so far, 180,000 people have signed up. You should sign up, too. We also carry the Donald Trump rallies like nobody else. So that's pretty, uh, pretty cool. NewsmaxPlus.com if you want to check it out. So, Jason Smith. He's a rock star from uh, Missouri. He's part of the House Ways and Means Committee, and they are investigating uh, Joe Biden and his, uh, you know, using his office, uh, selling influence to our enemies, as I said, and this will be proven eventually, I believe. Joe Biden's presidency is the quid pro quo to the bad actors of the world. And, And to give you an idea, this is a timeline of some of the corruption that the Bidens, uh, when they brought in their uh, $24 million to the family. And it started in Romania, October or September 28, 2015. Biden welcomed Romanian President Klaus Johannes to the White House five weeks after the meeting. Romanian businessman involved in a high-profile corruption prosecution in Romania. Gabriel Popov- 
Pavasu began depositing a Biden associate uh, money into their account, made 16 of the 17 payments totaling over $3 million. Weird. Biden family accounts ultimately received $1 million. The total amount from Romania to the Biden family and their associates, $3 million. China, CEFC, March 2017, less than two months after Joe Biden left public office, State, State Energy HQ Limited, a Chinese company wired $3 million to a Biden associate's account. This same account used in the Romania section after the Chinese company wired the Biden associate the uh, account, the $3 million, the Biden family received uh, one million thousand or one million sixty five thousand over a three month period into multiple bank accounts right right weird altogether the biden family from china and cefc got eight million bucks kazakhstan 2014 kenya's uh, Rakishev, a Kazakhstani oligarch, used his Singaporean identity and wired Hunt and Biden's uh, Rosemont Seneca $142,000. The very next day, the money was transferred to a car dealership to buy a uh, very expensive uh, car, Porsche, for Hunter. I know, it's crazy. Ukraine, Devin Archer joined the board of Burisma. 2014 was joined with Hunter, not thereafter, not soon thereafter. After a meeting with Burisma over owner Zolchevsky in Lake Como, Italy, he was uh, elevated. Hunter, Hunter was added to ele- <clears throat> was elevated to the board of directors. And uh, he and Devin were given a million bucks a year. And then Joe Biden fi- fired the prosecutor uh, who was uh, investigating Zolchevsky. And uh, the total amount from uh, the to the Hunter Biden and Joe Biden family from Ukraine, $6.5 million. And then uh, Elena Baterina, she's a uh, oligarch's wife in Russia, gave uh, the Hunter Biden family, their associates, $3.5 million and avoided any scrutiny that the other Russian oligarchs got for their alleged uh, malfeasance. It's kind of weird, right? And it all adds up to our president and his son are the most corrupt people who have ever, uh, well, our president is the most corrupt president in U.S. history. His brother is, and, and he doesn't love his son. A son doesn't, or a father doesn't pimp his son out to uh, to essentially run a family business, which is just selling influence of his father. That's a crime family. They're so comfortable with the criminality that he doesn't care that his crack-addled son is hustling for him, hustling for him, begging money from our enemies. It, that's not a loving father. If you think it is, you got a pretty messed up uh, family. But back to Kevin Smith. Here he is talking about, uh, well, for instance, Hunter Biden got a new friend right before Joe Biden decided to be president. His name was Kevin Morris. And Kevin Morris decided to suddenly just show up and start bailing out Hunter Biden, particularly about his taxes. Where Kevin Morris paid almost $2 million of Hunter Biden's taxes, plus an additional almost $3 million just to subsidize Hunter Biden's lifestyle. What's also important is these IRS whistleblowers released an email from Kevin Morris to Hunter Biden's tax preparer three weeks before Super Tuesday in 2020, saying that they must pay these tax returns or there will be great political risk. The only political risk is Joe Biden. And that's exactly why the IRS whistleblowers wanted to look into campaign finance crimes into Joe Biden's campaign. But the Justice Department has refused to do that. Yeah, they also refused to go after all of the Democrats that were given money by uh, same bank, Sam Bankman Freed. $100 million to Democrats, and they decided to take uh, election uh, uh, interference and uh, campaign finance issues out of the equation with this case. 
It's weird how that happens. Oh, by the way, by saying that uh, Hunter Biden's taxes is a political problem for Joe, that basically connects the two of them. And Joe Biden says they never did business together. Uh, here is uh, Jason Smith talking about Kevin Morris paying all of Hunter Biden's bills. From what the IRS whistleblowers have highlighted, that they just got to know each other about two months before he paid roughly $2 million of Hunter Biden's tax returns. But he had been known... I think what happened was uh, Kevin accidentally got a prostitute delivery that was supposed to go to Hunter's place. As a, a big Democrat supporter. I got a mix-up over here. I ordered two Chinese girls and I got two Russians. And donor, um, Hollywood attorney. The question is, is why would Kevin Morris pay almost $5 million for know. tax... Tax they must be real good friends after knowing each other for two months. Billions and also to subsidize Hunter <laughs> Biden's lifestyle. What is Kevin Morris getting from Hunter Biden or from Joe Biden? These are things that we need to look into. Yeah, you think you would. Uh, Jason Smith on Eric Schwerin, the guy who actually made up all of the LLCs for the Biden family. All these LLCs that got millions of dollars and none of them produced or made anything. In fact, just 54 emails alone of Joe Biden just to Eric Schwerin, who's the architect of the 20-plus different companies that that they have used to funnel millions of dollars um, through foreign entities. That should disturb anyone. But what's even more alarming is in the year of 2014, yeah. when Vice President Biden took three different visits to Ukraine. You saw emails just right before and just after with with the vice president and Eric Schwerin and also Hunter Biden. Five emails before the June meeting, 27 um, before the November trip to Ukraine. This, this, this shows clearly that there's communication and involvement in Hunter's business activities and also official activity going to Ukraine. Well, no now, kidding. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. We, we kind of have figured all of this out because of all the uh, overwhelming evidence of Biden family corruption. Yet the, uh, the Democrats and, of course, uh, the mainstream media continue to uh, parrot that nonsense. Now, coming up next, I want to talk about the, uh, the military. The, uh, the military and how our, uh, how our uh, <laughs> recruiting is down to the lowest since it's been since 1941. And oddly enough, something bad happened in 1941. You remember that? December 7th, anybody? Fighting soldiers are depressed. Their morale is far from best. Does this surprise anybody? If you're sad, change your sex, they say. Wear a dress and a pink beret. What about white rage? Don't the you understand Pentagon. that? Uh-huh. Is so woke. General Milley, he's a joke. Whoever thought you'd see the day when fighting men could be trans or gay. We must turn that is so transphobic. Mess around. Now we're adults here, you see. While sane people can still be found fire your missile is what they like to say <laughs> cause the DOD has gone really gay yeah, yeah, pretty much trained to fight on foreign lands 
trained in combat, hand to hand, or hands otherwhere, uniform, what? Match their lipstick shade, stiletto heels, and a pink beret. All right, so coming up, it's gotten so bad that the uh, Army is sending out a letter to people they kicked out for not getting the COVID vaccine, trying to get them to come back. And guess what they're telling the Army? (laughs) I can't say it on the radio. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. So the uh, U.S. is entering 2024 with its smallest military in 80 years. Part of this is that uh, Joe Biden uh, basically screwed everyone with the uh, disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And it left a lot of soldiers, in fact, most soldiers who served there uh, with an unspeakable wound, knowing that after so much blood and sacrifice that Joe Biden would unceremoniously pull us out of Afghanistan, leaving the Taliban in a stronger position than they were before, before uh, December, uh, before 9-11. Left them in a more powerful position, left 85, whatever billion dollars worth of military hardware for them. Uh, watch the uh, the poor girls. Anybody over 11 years old as a little girl cannot be educated, so they they have to be married at that point where they spend their entire lives, their short lives, servicing uh, as one of the many wives of a Taliban uh, a-hole. Ruined the lives of every woman in Afghanistan, but more importantly, ruined the lives of American soldiers who served there. Many of them came home with profound injuries, both mental and physical. And so why would you want to join that military knowing that you're just going to get screwed? Why would you join a military where the president, this president, Joe Biden, a year ago said, uh, you know, here's how you get food stamps. Why would you join a military where right now the barracks for so many uh, starting in the military are rat-infested hellholes? Why would you do that? Why would you defend a country that won't defend you when you're injured? Why, won't, why would you defend a country that, where they move illegal immigrants ahead of you in line at the VA? Why in the hell would you join? Why would you? I wouldn't tell my kids to join. Why would I? Why would I want my kids to become cannon fodder in, in, a, in a, uh, a military engagement, which most of them are purely political and most of them are just about feeding the military-industrial complex. Let's just be honest about it. Why would I want my kid to be cannon fodder? The United States setting to enter this year with the lowest military recruitment since 1941. Under the $886 billion annual defense bill passed by Congress, uh, uh, active duty troops will fall to 1,284,000 by next year, the lowest since we entered World War II. They got to turn this around. They got to turn it around now. This week, Ashish Vazirani, the Pentagon's acting uh, undersecretary for personnel and readiness, told the House Armed Services Committee that the individual services missed their recruitment goals by 41,000 totally. Military recruiters say Gen Z, those born between 97 and 2012, have a low trust in institutions, mostly because they've had their lives destroyed by our government with their idiotic COVID protocols and nonsense in schools like CRT and transgender bullcrap. 
They have fewer relatives who served in the military, leading less to an inclination to serve. My generation came forward, Desert Storm, then came forward after 9-11 with millennials. We stepped forward and we did it. I was, I was unable to do that, but we did. This generation, who knows? And then last month, the Army sent a letter to thousands of soldiers who were discharged for refusing to comply with the COVID-19 mandate. They're begging. They were involuntarily separated for refusal to receive the COVID vaccine. And so uh, they're asking them to, uh, saying individuals who desire, desire to apply to return to service should contact their local recruiter. Yeah. Yeah. No, not so much. Because you see, these policies uh, uh, allowed the military to kick out about 2,000 soldiers, mistreat many others, deny soldiers their First Amendment religious freedoms, coerce them to take what lawyers have argued was an experimental drug that potentially left many injured by the vaccine, ignore basic common sense, and threaten and often destroy the livelihoods of the soldiers who d- volunteered to defend the nation and the Constitution, even with their lives. And then they were kicked out. Their religious uh, uh, beliefs were thrown out, and now they want them back. The DOD leadership were so hell-bent on getting every service member fully vaxxed that they threatened to destroy the livelihoods of thousands and use whatever methods at their disposal to force compliance. Unvaccinated were forced to wear masks while those vaccinated did not, were not allowed to use gyms during certain hours designated only for the vaccinated, were subjected to weekly invasive COVID tests. These individuals were at times put in quarantine for extended periods and not allowed to leave their barracks or ships in some training environments. Unvaccinated soldiers were required to wear red wristbands uh, that said unvaccinated and red tape on their gear to indicate that they were somehow unclean. And they want you to rejoin. Now, I mean, there is honor in service. Don't get me wrong. But if your service leads to that, why in the hell would you? Honestly. Unbelievable. So Boston Mayor Michelle Wu, who had a separate Christmas party for uh, people of color, excluding uh, white council members, is doubling down on it. She, she, she says she's proud of her racism. That's coming up. This is The Rob Carson Show. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yes, it is. Everywhere you go. It's kind of hard to take a look at the five and ten. Get in the Christmas spirit, right? I mean, it just is. And I know, obviously, it's a little harder this year for my family, but I don't know. It's just, it's tough. It's tough. I I see a lot of busy parking lots and everything. I I see a lot of uh, people out shopping and whatnot, but. a lot of people suffering, unfortunately. Um, a lot of woke nonsense happening in the country. A lot of uh, criminality happening in the White House. The open southern border makes you wonder what the hell's going on in our country. It's hard. It's hard to just go, let's let it be Christmas, right? It is. 
And then there's uh, who appears to be uh, someone who is completely immersed in woke education her entire life. This is what happens when woke snowflakes become uh, politicians and, and become mayors. Michelle Wu is the, uh, is the mayor of Boston. And uh, she proudly posted a photo from her No Whites Allowed Electeds of Color holiday party. You know what I'd like to see, kind of? And, and, you know, because, you know, I grew up in the 70s, 80s. Uh, we didn't care. I worked with, and I, like when I was selling cars, my boss was a black guy. My other boss was an Indian guy. Uh, nobody cared. Nobody cared. You know why? Because nobody cares. Uh, when, I, when I was growing up, nobody cared. I watched Sesame Street. Didn't care. Watched, uh, you know, uh, watched uh, All in the Family of the Jeffersons. Didn't care. Watched Roots. Didn't care. And then a group of snowflakes comes in, decides to say that, oh, you know what, Martin Luther King and what everybody did there, uh, you know, that they succeeded and they were able to become the greatest people of color in world history. Uh, it's not possible now because of uh, institutional racism. And it insults every person who ever lived who just happened to be a person of color and succeeded despite headwinds that were far worse than they are right now. But you see, now they're using it as an excuse. They're using race as an excuse when failure happens. And that's the way it is. And, and she is a product of this, of this woke nonsense. And she thought that, and she still doesn't understand why it's uh, a problem. But I would recommend, and I'm not meaning to be divisive, but if you are a, a white person in, in uh, you know, supposedly white, it's kind of funny because uh, you Italians and you uh, Jews and uh, Germans and Russians and Slavs and French and English and Swedish and Norwegian, and you're all white people. Pretty diverse crowd. You just have a pigmentation, I guess, right? The pigmentation problem is what the problem is. And, and Boston, the Irish, got a lot of Irish in Boston, you know. How about you just don't go to work today? How about you just don't go, you know, just do a, do a whiteout. <laughs> do a whiteout. Let's do a whiteout. Come on, let's do a whiteout. Don't go to work if you're a white person. Honestly, you get beaten down every day in the, in the news. You're, you're a white supremacist. You're a MAGA fascist. You're a whatever. All you did was, I don't know, build America. All you did was, I don't know, die in wars. All you did was invent a radio and, uh, and the airplane and uh, high-rise buildings and, uh, you know, I could go on and on and, uh, space flight and uh, land people on the moon. And there were a lot of black people involved. But you know what? Uh, white people did a lot of cool stuff. How about just have a whiteout? Don't go to work. Don't go to work if you work for the city of Boston because they discriminate. I got a friend of mine called me the other day. He's a white guy. Number three in sales in the country. He's got to go through DEI bullcrap at work, and every day he goes into these DEI workshops, and it talks about how bad he is because he was born white. And he's like, "What? Well, I want to complain, but I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. It's ridiculous. But this is Michelle Wu defending her decision to have an all-people-of-color, excluding whites, Christmas party, which is kind of weird because she hates Christmas, I'm sure. I think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone so people understand that it was truly just a an honest mistake that went out in in typing the email field. Now she's she's apologizing because everybody saw it. They were that she has, feels no guilt about having a party just for people of color and excluding white people. No problem with that. She's just sorry that everybody found out about it because the white people got the email, too. And um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we... Yeah, you know, I just did not come to your stinking party. 
will have besides this one as well. So um, it is my intention that we can, again, uh, be a city that lives our values and create space for all kinds of communities to come together. Yeah, yeah. They just want a separate space. Maybe for her New Year's resolution, she wants to see separate drinking fountains and uh, and bathrooms. Uh, Democrats did that, too. <laughs> oh, and here she is about a year ago talking about uh, the white problem. Listen to this. This is the kind of stuff that you usually hear from people who are about to commit genocide or something weird like that. Right? Listen. Listen to this. Over 100 days, we have connected unhoused residents at Mass and Cass to housing, treatment, and services. We've launched three free bus lines. We've taken some big, bold actions. But I won't lie, this past winter was pretty intense. Trial by snow, trial by fire, fighters union. I'm getting used to dealing with problems that are expensive, disruptive, and white. I'm talking about snowflakes. Snowflakes. I mean snowstorm snowflakes. Yeah, you know, let's see, uh, let's see Boston survive without white police officers and white firefighters. You think that's cute? I don't think it's cute. I think it's ridiculous. And I think, I think uh, people who uh, work together, they don't think about it twice. People who work together, black and white, on construction crews or road crews or serve in the military or whatever, they don't care. They don't give a rat's behind. But you got the people in charge who do this crap. What an insult. What a total insult. What a maroon. What a gullible. Let's hope she gets booted from office. Woohoo! Michelle Wu. She's dreaming of a no white Christmas. Yeah, that's racism, by the way. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu. There's no such thing as reverse racism, there's just racism. Just because she's Asian and you're Caucasian. Yeah, her husband's white. She doesn't want to invite you. Maybe he should go on strike. Why the heck not? Michelle is trying <laughs> to divide Boston. Yeah, she's doing a good job. To put white people in their place. She has made this all about race. We don't hate each other. Yes, Michelle Wu is an absolute disgrace. Let's go to Brian in Delaware and wants to talk about uh, the military recruiting numbers being down. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's hey, on your Rob, mind today? Good morning. Hey, I'm what's good, up, man? Thanks. Yeah. Hey, listen, in 1944, I was a six-year-old boy in London watching American soldiers walk through my village and they barely got their lives started, only to have themselves killed on the beaches of Normandy so I could live. And I've lived. I became an American. I wore the same uniform they wore. I went through the Cuban Missile Crisis. And the men and women who have died since would just turn in their graves when they hear this crap that the Army is being forced to do by the so-called government. Yeah. The government has gone socialist. Yeah. I agree, Brian. And when did you move to the United States, by the way? 1958. 1958, and you've been... 21 years old. Wow. Well, uh... I got, I got drafted, and I was glad to serve. 
and I became an Army aviator, and that set me up for aviation throughout my career. I've lived the American dream, and when I think about those boys that never got their lives started, it makes me sick to have these idiot socialists try to tell us what to do. I agree, Brian, and I'm going to tell you, Brian, A, first of all, thanks for your service, man. I appreciate it. What did you fly, by the way? What did you fly when you were in the military? Helicopters. Did you? Excellent. Yep. Hueys, Hueys or what? Yeah, an A-model Hueys, an H-34s, and H-37s. Wow. I, wow. Was, I was part of the 11th Air Assault Division, which was strapping weapons on every helicopter they could find. Yeah, yeah. For the Vietnam air mobile concept. Well, brother, I can't thank you enough for your service, particularly after uh, seeing our troops marching through your village in England. Thank you for what you did and a Merry Christmas. And we're going to turn this around, Brian. Veterans and God bless you. God bless you, bro. I appreciate it. We're going to turn this around. We have to. We have to, guys. I mean, there's going to be a point where we all have to come together, homeboys and hillbillies, everybody, poor people, rich people, liberals and conservatives. We're going to have to come together to save our country because right now we are under attack. We are in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it. If you don't see it, then, then you're blind. An open border, 100,000-plus kids dying, being poisoned by the Chinese government every year, defund the police, radical CRT transgenderism in schools, uh, military-age males by the hundreds of thousands coming across our southern border. Joe Biden has forsaken our southern border, too, to create an illegal invasion of country. They are an army of military-age males. They do not have weapons. But if you think unarmed people entering the Capitol are an insurrection, then what do you suppose hundreds of thousands of military-age males coming across the southern border in knapsacks represents? This alone should remove Joe Biden from, from the presidency. And then you've got people trying to say that Donald Trump is a Nazi, saying that he paraphrased Hitler, they're trying to trigger something, and you are going to be the target. You, patriotic Americans, are going to be the target. Let's go to Ricky in Baltimore. Ricky, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Hey, Mr. Carson, how are you? Good, good. What's up? Yeah, you remember I called you a couple of weeks ago about um, I'm the guy, I'm Muslim, but I thrown out of my own community and all that? Yes, I, I do that. remember that, Ricky. I do remember yeah. that. What's on your mind now, today, man? I want, uh, today, in my, in my mind, I want you to remember me that, so I'm going to be calling you uh, time to time. Uh, <laughs> today, in my mind, is about this uh, separation. He's very funny. People forget the history because they don't want to teach him history. I remember history where everything was separate. Colored people were separate, white people, but they were complaining. They were saying, we want to be in the white people's schools and colleges and places. Why you have us separated? Oh, now, after 60 years or 70 years, they want everything separated again. Why is that, you think? Because they're trying to wreck the country. They're trying to create a war. They're trying to create a division that doesn't exist. They're trying to make each other enemies rather than the people who should be our enemies. And those people are in government. That's why, Ricky. No, because what happened was they did got people into the same different, different communities that together, and people started liking each other. So they got yes. together, and they said, okay, you know what? It works. It's good. We all happy. Why? Why we were separated? So now they figure, okay, that's not working out. We got to change it again. So we got to yeah. separate them. Because whatever don't work for the uh, politician community, 
they mess it up all over again. Absolutely. Ricky, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. Yeah, it's about it's about dividing people. It's about creating division. It's about uh, if you don't if you're not down with a certain political ideology, you're a phobe or you have an a phobia or you are a an ist of some type, you are a racist or a uh, you are a, a transphobe, you are uh, whatever. It's about dividing people, but the division isn't there. There might be division on college campi, campuses, you know, with the left and uh, people who support Israel, uh, you know, and uh, radical uh, leftists on campus hating white people. There's that division. But in the workforce, there isn't. Like I said, when I was selling cars, Sam uh, Akalagu was my, uh, was my boss. He, he was a, an expat, came from, uh, from Nigeria. He was my boss. I didn't think of Sam as a black man. I looked at Sam as my boss. I, I thought he was an amazing person. He still is. Sam kicks butt. And a guy named Cheeto. Cheeto's just, uh, his nickname's Cheeto. I won't try to say his name. Cheeto, Cheeto uh, Sampot was his name. Great guy. And he was, he rode my butt when I started selling cars. Here I am, a radio personality. You know, I'm used to sitting across the table from Dave Chappelle. And, and he would stand there as I tried to back a car into a parking space. And he would, and he would look at me in the rearview mirror and give me a, a, a shake his head. And I'd be, it would cold chills down my spine. I call him Tough Love. I call him Tough Love. That was his nickname. I gave him Tough Love. Because he didn't give a crap if I was white or black. All he gave a crap about was selling cars. And he made me the best in my first first month at that car dealership. Never selling a car in my life. I sold more than anybody in the dealership. 22 cars. More than anybody in the dealership. First month. Because I had teachers who, who wanted to see me be excellent, and they just happen to be people of color, and nobody gives a crap about it. Nobody gives a crap about it. They never did. It's all nonsense. That's why we are coming together as a people. And we're going to beat this. Let's take a break and come back. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. I made it 30 years until this weekend. What am I talking about? My wife and I have known each other since 1994, nearly 30, nearly 30 years. I met her actually in 93, so we've known each other for 30 years. Most of our uh, adult lives, certainly longer than, you know, uh, the amount of time we lived before. And, uh, and for 30 years, I have gone without having to watch the movie. Are you ready? Sleepless in Seattle. I've never seen this thing. I've never seen the movie. You know why? Because I never wanted to see the movie. I, the movie came out when I was 25 years old. Okay, so it was before my wife and I met. I never wanted to see the movie because it's another chick flick, right? And I did have to see that other stupid Tom Hanks movie. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, You've Got Mail. Dear God. Oh, my God. So uh, uh, we, this weekend we're sitting there, and I'm just sitting on the couch, and my wife just suddenly changes to watch a movie. And all of a sudden they see the logo come up, you know, whatever, whatever movie company. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? Sleepless in Seattle. And I, and I took one for the team. I did. Uh, not as bad as You've Got Mail. you Got Mail was one of those movies I prayed for death. Uh, this movie I was almost to pray for sleep, but watched the movie uh, not dreadful, would never watch it again. There you go. Uh, here's another thing. Matthew Perry lied about being sober. That's not a big surprise. He was never clean. Lied about his sobriety. He died of a ketamine overdose. 
he he died. He was he was high on ketamine when he died. Uh, it is very difficult to overcome addiction. He had been fighting it for all of his adult life. He he nearly died for a number a number of different times. And he came out and said that the most proud thing he'd ever do he, in his bio when he died, all he wanted to do was remember uh, be remembered as being sober, and he didn't. It kind of makes you wonder when Hunter Biden has been kicked out of the military for crack cocaine and all of these things. And they find cocaine in the White House when he happens to live there and the Secret Service get rid of the evidence, blow it up, end the investigation of Hunter Biden. That night you see him on the balcony doing this real nervous behavior, typical cocaine uh, behavior. And uh, you were told, no, that's foolish to think that Hunter Biden still could be addicted to cocaine. When uh, chances are he probably still is. Matthew Perry spent $7 million to try to get sober. No, $9 million trying to get sober. 15 times in rehab. Detox 65 times. At his lowest, popping 55 Vicodin a day to fuel his addiction. Matthew Perry committed suicide. It just took him 30 years to do it. It just did. So... There's that. I think it's uh, amazingly and awfully tragic. It really is. Because uh, addiction is, is uh, several things. It's a physical addiction and it's a mental addiction. It is. There's something there. There's something missing that is filled with that. And, uh, and unfortunately, it was never filled for Matthew Perry. And, and I say this because, uh, you know, for you to be told by the government, you can't immediately believe that because there was cocaine found in the White House when Hunter Biden lived there and the Secret Service was complicit in covering up all evidence, including destroying DNA evidence and physical evidence of it, while covering up Hunter Biden's laptop and every other criminality uh, of, of the Biden family. It makes you wonder. No, not really. Not really. Not at all. Let's take a break and come back. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. That, my friends, is going to do it for the show today. Uh, last week before Christmas be, uh, starts tomorrow. And, uh, and tomorrow, I promise, we'll make it fun. Make sure to go to Newsmax.com slash listen for the podcast. God bless Israel, the United States, you guys. And until tomorrow, do not, for the love of God, catch the stupid. I'll see you then.